Um, I I only have one thing today, and I've not followed the news. Period. We can Other talk than about I some know news. who's dead. Yeah, people are dead. Um, some people are arrested. That's yeah, some cool. people are dead. Some people are alive. Some people went to a famed Cuban restaurant on the way to their arraignment. Yeah. Uh, what are you gonna do? Has he has he been killed yet? No. Damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. N- not guilty. What? What? Well, he pled. Oh he my p- god. He pled. How's he gonna wiggle his way out of this one? Uh, don't worry. Um, Joe Exotic says he will not pardon Trump if elected. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Uh, yeah. Vote for Joe Exotic. Vote for that monster. Yeah. That that my whole campaign. That's the only promise I'm gonna make. I love when famous quote people uh, run for office and they have like <laughs> one like Wait. very popular. What did you put the quote around famous or the quote around people? <laughs> <laughs> it's between them, so you can choose. Well, uh, I consider jo- he's clearly famous, but is he a person? That's the question. We're going to start off this episode with some breaking news. Uh, I'm just hearing now that Livy just convinced Baby Gronk to commit to LSU. Baby Gronk is the number one football prospect in the country. He averages 300 yards and five touchdowns a game. On his visit to LSU, Rivy, Lizzie rizzed him up. Livy even hugged Baby Gronk. He might be the new Riz King. And I'm getting word now, yes, it has been confirmed. A second baby Gronk has just hit the Southern Tower. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's Didn't Hate It, Loved It, John. And together we're Henry and Didn't Loved It, Hate It, John. Wait, I said that wrong. Coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist in order to make the world safer for baby Gronk. We're just doing our part for new potential new Riz King baby Gronk. Look, it's his world. We're just living in it. Um, he averages 300 yards and five touchdowns a game. If that's even remotely true, this man is our newest god. He he is. He's also like, what, 11? Yes. So hardly a man. This boy is our god. This boy is a god, and he he might he's the Riz King, and all of those words 
are good and they make sense. Do you remember uh, the ending of the first volume of Watchmen that ends on that really chilling quote about uh, Dr. Manhattan that says uh, God exists and he's American? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Well, God exists and he's baby Gronk. Yeah, Baby God is here to play new football with Riz Kings and Livies. I'm just glad he's playing for the home team, LSU. Absolutely, LSU. Baby Gronk rizzed up by Livy. Now, of course, Baby Gronk has committed war crimes in former Yugoslavia. Yeah, uh, we don't. We want to downplay that. Yeah, we we really don't want to get into Baby Gronk's numerous war crimes. We really don't. um, We wouldn't be able to afford the ensuing lawsuit. And honestly, I can't lose the yardage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, your stats, they would take a pretty bad hit. And like the Fantasy League is just starting. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it would really, really sink anyone who, who got me in the draft. Henry... John? Is Baby Gronk related to Gronk? Um, I don't think he is. I think he just plays in a similar manner or style as the Gronk or Gronkowski. (laughs) No, it's the Gronk. Now, I have a a follow-up question for you. You famously have the Gronk ball. I do have the Gronk ball. I bought it from, I believe, a Pier (laughs) 1. Yes, the, the Gronk ball, of course, a speaker... Uh, that is a black football that just says Gronk Ball on it. And I think might also be a phone. I uh, it, I think it's just a speaker. Okay, so it's just a Bluetooth speaker Gronk Ball. Yes. Uh, are you going to invest in the baby Gronk Ball? If it's any smaller than the normal Gronk Ball, I don't think I have space for it. I only have space for a larger Gronk Ball. Oh, King Gronk, Big Gronk. King, yeah, King Guy Gronkora. (laughs) King Gronkora, of course. Uh, Not to be confused with the later Mecha Gronkora. No, this is, of course, we're referring to the Gronk with three heads Mm -hmm. who can fly despite his massive weight Uh because of large, enormous wings that are capable of producing hurricanes. Of course. Uh, and the Hollow Earth, we we know all of this. Yeah, I'm just, you know, and just in case any children are tuning in. Uh-huh, yes. I'm giving them such as Baby Gronk. Baby Gronk. Um, yeah, so this is going nowhere. <laughs> no, I just wanted to linger on you saying Baby Gronk for a second. Okay. Uh yeah. Uh, so it's a crazy time. We are, of course, in our post fast X haze of just we we poured our souls into the, the the supplemental reading of Fast X that we released last week. It's two hours and 30 minutes long. Please go listen to it. We put a lot of work into it, and we want you to listen. Yeah, it is uh, kind of our crowning achievement. A lot of wrongs were corrected in the Fast X supplemental reading. Yeah, a lot of wrongs were addressed, identified, and then corrected in short order. Uh, it's, a, it's a fabulous listen. I've heard... F- some numerous feedback people that uh it's a good it's a good listen it's it's a good listen the coronas are still weighing pretty heavily on me i'm drinking one right now it's it's awful <laughs> oh no oh um, no it doesn't count it doesn't count if you no, don't it do doesn't. it in the episode it doesn't, it doesn't count this is a supplemental corona <laughs> yes you can if you drink a corona outside of it 
As long yeah. as you do say a silent prayer before you drink it, yes, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. But um, yeah, so we're, we're in the haze, the post-partum um, bliss. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I would compare it to childbirth. That doesn't seem like a correct comparison. But yeah, that recovering coupled with the fact that... Uh, my very frequented website where I find stories is in the midst of a protest against itself means that, uh, it's slow news day. Yeah. It's uh, it's very tough for this podcast, which gets most of its news, of course, from the fast and furious series and Reddit. And with both of those resources expended, uh, we're, uh, we're pretty low on juice. Now I thought the Reddit, protest thing was just an r austin thing which no. is kind of the only subreddit i go to yeah it, it, with some it's some regularity it, it went private but then i was looking around and uh rps5 <laughs> is also private uh, i i recently came into ownership of a ps5 and you know what you can't just trust listicles to tell you which horny anime games are the best? You got to take that shit to Reddit. Yeah, you got to go to the experts. You got to consult the council, council, the council, and get that informed opinion. But yes, uh, a a large swath of the most popular subreddits have gone private or dark, as it were, in protest of some upcoming changes to Reddit's API policy. Ah, yes, API, which stands for Application Programming Interface. Uh, Let's just do a quick confirm on that. Yeah, Application Programming Interface, yep. Nailed it, almost like my job has something uh, to do with that. Now I was reading a little bit about the API changes, but I'm not sure I actually fully understand what's going on. So there's um there's a little thing happening behind the scenes with Reddit and a lot of what I'm about to say I want to clarify is speculation, conjecture and rumor. Uh, but for the past couple of years it seems as though Reddit has been preparing itself for an IPO. Mm. Uh, and that is an initial public offering by which they would become a publicly traded company with people being able to buy stock in the company. Uh, much like your Fortune 500s, etc. Yes, of course. And a, a big part of uh, the road to IPO is, uh, I, I don't know if you're going to cover any of this. Do you want to get into like how the financials are supposed to look when a company IPOs? Well, we absolutely can. And I can supplement that information with what what it looks like for the product to become prepared for IPOs. Cause we've actually seen this quite a number of times on the internet. Uh, so really to be prepared to IPO for a lot of companies. And I have to imagine including Reddit because the last time I saw any news about Reddit, they're, they're not turning a profit uh, really at all. And that's kind of like step one to being an attractive security an attractive asset to the public is you have to be profitable. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. If you want to be traded, if you want people to invest money into your company, you got to show that you are a successful company in most cases. Uh, The one largest exception being Twitter. Uh, Yes. Now for what it's worth, 
the market has over indexed on growth a lot over the last like 10 years ish, 10, 15 years. So you get big standouts that have had huge IPOs while not being profitable uh, and continue to make a lot of money like your Tesla, your Uber, your Twitter, because they're companies that grew really, really fast. And uh, we, we valued growth really highly. Uh, and that is uh, in the current environment, much less so the case. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In a time of unprecedented times, growth seemed to be the biggest indicator because people weren't spending a lot of money. But if you could, ex- if you could expand a user base exponentially during a pandemic and project outward that that growth was going to continue, yeah that, yeah, that got valued way overvalued. Like we're, we're, a small bubble is sort of bursting, which is sort of that's what we're in the wake of economic wise with like the hyperinflation we're going through. It's a, at least one of the factors as far as I understand it. Yeah, especially when interest rates were low, VC was cheap. So these venture capital firms could pump, could pump a bunch of money into a company pre and post IPO that they knew would grow. And they just ideally hope that speculation would buoy their investment. But now that money's expensive, people want fundamentals to back it up. So they want a company to actually be profitable and have a long runway before they invest in it. And uh, yeah, for Reddit, they've, they've tried a number of schemes to sort of increase their profitability. Um, Their main revenue stream, of course, is advertisement uh, because it's a free service. There is like a premium version of the website and there are awards you can spend money on that you then can award to people, um, I guess, much like kind of like bits on Twitch, although there's no monetary transaction there. Um, They've tried a number of schemes before and it just nothing is really taking uh, Mm. profitability wise Um, because when you try to placate to advertisers, you have to sometimes remove content and Reddit is supposed to be sort of like this kind of a free marketplace of ideas. So as soon as you start censoring things, people get up in arms. Yeah. Because when Reddit started, it was kind of the last great message board, right? Like it was the, yeah. I guess Twitter, arguably kind of does the same thing but twitter's more of a town square though yeah for sure and uh reddit's more of a guy guys standing at water coolers who think they know more than you yeah reddit honestly i I don't think there's anything that's uh totally analogous to your classic old school like something awful kind of message board but reddit was relatively close you have the typical like thread comment structure but like yeah upvotes downvotes change that a little bit, but Reddit's whole like thing was the democratizing of information and general freedom. I mean, anyone who's been alive for the lifespan of Reddit knows that Reddit used to be the home of some pretty fucking heinous shit on the internet. It was kind of like light 4chan for years. Absolutely. Yes. There were, there was a lot of horrible things on the website for sure. That sort of was just allowed because, you know, free speech and whatnot. And as Reddit has has tried time and time again to go public, uh, more and more of these sites are more and more of those areas of the website that are 
uh, scrupulous, that's not a word, that are, that are sketchy have been sort of pruned and, and deleted in the sake of being more widely appealing and mainstream for the better, don't get me wrong, but also like kind of for the wrong reasons. Yeah, like, you know, shut down the Reddits that, that are like R, the Donald, and then like the weird racist ones and Red Pill and the one that's just videos of people dying. Yeah, uh, actually, I, I think... Know. I think watch people die is still up. Oh boy. Well, I guess the advertisers don't care. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of it has been sort of soft censored in that you can't find it without searching for it yourself. Now it used to be available on the, like the slash all feed slash all used to be literally the most popular, popular things in every subreddit. But now it is, uh, definitely censored and that you cannot find any sexual non-safe for work content you can for whatever reason still come across violent not safe for work content i uh honestly i i think everyone's on the same page but i don't know why society is where it is i would much prefer the former over the latter and i think everyone agrees yeah um which all brings us to Reddit's sort of latest scheme of, of raising capital, cap, capital in a way that sort of puts less, um, less work on their part and sort of just charging for a thing that had always been accessible, which brings us to the API. Mm. Uh, so f- to explain this, uh, an API is and, and uh, please step in and add and, and correct me where I am lacking. Um, but basically, any time a third party wants to pull data from your website, it has to go through like an API request. And uh, what Reddit is doing here is they want to charge 20 cents for every 1,000 API requests. And that doesn't, yeah, yeah. that, that is pretty much totally accurate. A good example of this is like, uh, I guess on two different sides, you could take the Twitter API, yeah, which this is also kind of analogous to because under Elon Musk, Twitter started charging for its API, which it for the most part had never done before. I think I might be wrong, uh, but things you can do with the Twitter API is pull down, let's say the text of a tweet or the stats of a tweet, likes, retweets, etc., usernames associated, uh, number of views, stuff like that. It's essentially just pulling down data that is stored on their platform. APIs can have a lot of different facets. So for instance, chat GPT and OpenAI in general have a number of APIs you have access to. And those APIs give you access to their large learning models, their generative uh, image processing models. All of those are like stored bitwise on a server. So an API is just a way to like use resources that are hosted by someone else, really. Right, exactly. Um, and, and one has, the- has to imagine a Reddit API would be pull down the text of a post, the stats of a post, users, etc., yeah. hierarchies, whatever. Yeah, there's a request for, yeah, post titles, images, um, 
There's a request for hitting the upvote button, a request for hitting the downvote button, um, because a lot of the third-party apps involved with Reddit are alternatives to the official Reddit app on the Apple market and the Android market. Oh, I see. Oh, and, and for what it's worth, to step back a little bit, a thousand API calls sounds like a lot. That's a very small amount. Right. Uh, you're a, a lot of third-party services or student applications that use API calls can use like thousands per second. Right. Exactly. Um, so basically, to set the timeline of this, it was announced in April that Reddit was thinking about uh, re reconsidering their API policy and they were going to be in touch with a lot of the big names, uh, a lot of the big people involved with their API request. And there was no sort of details as to what the change would be. And of course there would, there was no pricing information, which was the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Reddit had a, a call the, the CEO of Reddit his Username is Spez. I have no idea what his real name is because I refuse to learn it. Uh, had a, a call with the lead developer of a third-party app called Apollo, mm-hmm. which is by far apparently the most popular third-party Reddit app. Uh, it's a, a guy who's been working kind of on his own for about eight years uh, on this app. And by far and large, a lot of people really enjoy it. And he was the first one to get the new pricing and he had built an app to sort of plug information in really quickly and to see what his, his yearly monthly cost would be at the figures that they gave. And what it came down to was he would have to give Reddit $20 million a year okay, in order okay. to keep operating the app as it exists today. Mm-hmm. And that's at the 20 cents per a thousand API request price point because his app recreated Reddit. So it's to load a page of Reddit that's already for one user, that's already thousands of API requests because each single sort of request is a, is, is a different strand of data. Yeah. I mean, if, if he is recreating all of Reddit in a third party app, that would be millions upon millions of requests exactly um so this person this dev of apollo whose name i don't have um because i'm being fair about this i'm not representing either side (laughs) by just being ignorant of facts um he went to the community at large explained what was happening and basically said apollo will be dead on july 1st Mm. uh, because of these reasons and he's he's apollo is not the only app um, there is the Reddit is fun is fun app, a, an app that had to rename itself because they couldn't use the word Reddit in mm. the, the title of their app for, uh, reasons they got a cease and desist about. <laughs> um, but they will be closing and a couple of other third party Reddit related apps are also shutting down effective July 1st. And this led to what we're in now, where a majority of the largest subreddits have gone dark, some indefinitely, in protest of the API changes. Now, I also think a component of this uh, that my wife was telling me about, because she likes Reddit quite a bit. I'm not a huge Redditor. uh, But I think a lot of this comes out of the fact that Reddit's official app 
uh, is largely considered to be pretty bad. It's it's pretty awful. Uh, there was apparently an app called Alien Blue back in the day, which is one of the first third-party Reddit clones. And what Reddit did was they bought Alien Blue and turned it into the official Reddit app. But sh- they also, at the same time, stripped out a lot of the features that made it unique. And now you're kind of left of a weird, empty shell of an app that is the official Reddit app that is bad. That is a... Uh... Unfortunate. All of so, this I learned in the past week uh, because I've not, I don't, I like going to Reddit. I don't like knowing about Reddit because I, that feels a little not it. When companies become praised for being good companies, I walk away <laughs> and a lot of Reddit people are like, oh yeah, Reddit's the best. And that just, that's mm. a turnoff. I mean, companies can't be good for the most it, part if they continue to exist long enough. Exactly. Um, uh, so, I think the the yeah. real move is to be like the Reddit founder, Alex O'Hanion, I think. You know anything about him? Uh, is he the guy who killed himself? No, he sold, he sold Reddit for like $10 million and then married Serena Williams. Good for him. I applaud him. Yeah, hasn't worked since. Seems to be doing fine for himself. I, uh, he's like the Tom from MySpace. Sold his company at its peak for a lot of money and never worked again for his life. Honestly, the answer is just like sell out. Honestly, uh, so the from what I understand, the boycott that's happening was actually Democratic per sub. Is that right? Uh, it started. It's yeah. So um, a lot of communities poised a question last week to their their community members like do we join the protest and uh that's how i'm not going to say all of them but i'm going to say like a number of the communities joined in solidarity um at least for it, it, this pro this blackout protest was originally slated for uh, june 12th through the 14th some communities are now going indefinite is going dark until they roll back the changes, which is pretty ballsy. We'll see how many of them um, join in that. Uh, other communities simply restricted comments and posts so that you could still see the content, but you couldn't add any new content. R slash um, games did this because we're right in the middle of like game announcement season. So they, that they didn't want to miss out on reporting what games were coming out, but they, they limited who could post and who could comment, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, a lot of, I, I saw like r slash sci-fi asked, should we join the, uh, the protest and <laughs> other communities who did not join the protest officially had their users join by posting shit post and memes like r slash uh, anarchy chess dominated the front page yesterday with just a bunch of memes calling out spez for being a greedy uh ceo i uh, i th- honestly reddit's in a really tough position because of how this boycott was enabled it's like they want a profitable company but they also have taken 
the shortcut of having it be moderated entirely by nonprofit motivated individuals, or at least right. individuals who aren't necessarily motivated by the profits of Reddit itself. Right. So if, if you've, I also think part of this was that most of the moderation tool suite that moderators use relied heavily on API calls and may in fact shut down. So making the difficult job of a Reddit mod even harder, you can imagine that mods would then be incentivized to uh, open up polls to take individual subreddits private. So it's... It's kind of a fight that I'm not sure they can win in a way that looks good. Yeah. Um, apparently, Reddit leadership as lar- at large has to- have told their their employees that the, the protest will pass. Um, that, you know, don't let this sort of get to you. They're, and they're, they're just planning on winning out through attrition in the end. And by and large, they, that probably will happen. It's just they are going to lose a large share of their their user base, um, for better or for worse. But if more people have to use the official app, uh, then they get to report higher a higher user base for when they eventually try to IPL. Yeah, I mean, if most of their profit or revenue, not profit because they're not profitable, but most of their revenue comes from advertisement. Uh, I totally get why Reddit would do what they're doing. I, I, I don't think the people who made this decision are dumb. I think that they know what they're doing is for applications that recreate all of Reddit for a smoother user experience without potentially our ads or our directed content that drives revenue, we want to make it so prohibitively expensive for them that they can't continue to operate. Like without a cease and desist, they just have to shut down. Right. Uh, Totally get that as a business strategy drives people to the official app. The official app has no way to escape their directed content, be it ads or some other monetization scheme. And then there can be other third party apps around reddit that can continue to operate using the priced api call model but they for the most part aren't totally recreating the experience i think it totally makes sense i think for their ecosystem it's pretty dumb because their users and moderators can run them into the dirt yeah yeah i I mean it's you have to sort of pick your battles here because it's would be easy to enforce your rule over the website that you own, but by doing so you will destroy the user base that you've empowered over the years. So your democratic content moderation system, like the fact that we upvote downvote the things we want to see or the things that we don't agree with, what have you, um, that determines what hits the top it what it shapes the entire website and that mentality is sort of baked into using the the website as a whole this protest is a downvote they don't like the direction the company has announced they're downvoting it and if you don't honor that if you try to impose your rule over it you're going to lose a lot of the people who use the website for the reasons why you designed the website the way you designed it yeah, it, it's tough because they're trying to make something that is 
from a core values standpoint, democratic. Yeah. Which is uh, not, I don't know, I wonder if the nuclear option was disable the ability to make things private. (laughs) If they just, I'm sure it's much more complicated than I'm saying, and they would never do it. I wonder what the user base loss between waiting it out and just turning it off are. Yeah. Because if they turned off the ability to make things private, people could still obtain information from Reddit, use it in the ways that like news outlets typically use Reddit. But then you might end up with like, a, I don't know, in the ability to take things private, people feel like valorous. But if you take that away from them, then everything is just going to be like flooded with shit posts all the time and will bitter people hang on longer than people who feel like they're standing for something i personally believe in the power of bitterness people can carry bitterness for years if any user base could be empowered by biddle 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 be be empowered by bitterness it's it's definitely redditors like no question uh, I, I'm sure they have the ability to bring these communities back online, like in the back end. They could hit, like just flip a switch and be like, it's no longer private. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if like if it push comes to shove, will they do that with some of the more popular subreddits that have completely shut down um, and just take power completely away from the volunteer moderators that exist? That would be super interesting to see, and I feel like it's completely the wrong move, but I'm not a CEO, so what do I know? I mean, it's totally the wrong move, but I can see them, if this goes on a while, being like, hey, here's the like top N subreddits. We'll take off the ability to make them private, and then our log line to the media will be that it's like not in the public's best interest to give over the like availability of this information to a select few people, whatever, maybe they get like professional or in-house moderators over those things. I don't know. I feel like that makes the people that are making a stand right now much more entrenched. I think it's the wrong thing to do, but I could see them doing it. Yeah. Um, What's interesting now is sort of just like, um, seeing what subreddits have gone private and which ones haven't. Uh, and, you know, I'm not saying anything about any of these, but I just want to point out very interestingly, uh, white people, Twitter has not gone private, but black mm. people, Twitter has, you know, honestly, there's, there's no, there's no better example <laughs> of people who, who, of people who have their heads in the right place. I, I feel like, uh, we're, we're, this is like a privilege thing where it's like white people are like, well, yeah, the API thing's bad, but like, I gotta get my memes. <laughs> I gotta get my memes. I'm sorry. And I, you know, I, th- again, this is all conjecture. But uh, black people tour is like, look, we gotta stand up to oppressors. We've been doing it for years. This is the fight. This is the eternal fight that has always been happening and will continue to happen. So we are in solidarity with the rest of everyone else. I do have to say, it appears as though RPS5 is private and Xbox Series X Ooh. is not. <laughs> I will give Xbox. I mean, Xbox is in the middle of their big um, their big game conference right now. Like they, they've had two days in a row of showcases, so I can kind of get it. But at the same time, 
PS5 is like, we've been fighting oppressors this whole time. <laughs> this whole time. Also, for what's worth, Xbox is the white people of video game consoles. We all know it. Oh, wow. That's Is that why it's so lame? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> that is why it's so... I can say that as a proud PS5 owner. I also own a PS5. That I'm cool. Yeah. I got one a long time ago. Oh, I got one five but, days ago. <laughs> six days ago. Yeah. It's pretty nice. I don't know. So that's uh, what's happening hope, with... Oh, yeah. Sorry? I hope Reddit... Uh, you know, I, I actually don't hope anything for Reddit. I'm actually in this uh, weird inflection point with this Reddit tumult, Twitter tumult, that I kind of want these web... T- I, I'm saying web 2 in a way that makes it sound like I want web 3 solutions <laughs> to this. I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, don't get it twisted. 3. Anything. No web number. John doesn't believe in any web number at all. But I do want these like terminally web to yeah. uh, communication interfaces and platforms of information interchange. I want them to die, honestly. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, I would love to see Reddit tear itself apart just for the fact that it's owned by a company. Uh, same with Tumblr. The, these tent pole sort of online forums that used to be independent sort of leading places of thought for better and for worse. And it was worse. I like that. There was, there's a ton of things that shouldn't be on the internet um, for legal reasons. But the fact that the only reason why the internet has gotten marginally better is for profit interest. Yes rubs me the wrong way. The fact that all of my favorite websites are owned by these huge conglomerate corporate entities that there's no real like indie sort of safe haven anymore on the web because people found out you could make money on the internet. So of course it got bought out wholesale. The fact that there's no content creation sort of hub anymore, even fucking YouTube is owned by Google that makes me sad because in the early nineties and the early two thousands, when the internet was just sort of like opening its eyes for the first time, it was such a pure place for creation and expression and nobody knew how to make money off of it. So it was perfect. You are saying exactly what I was going to say, which is the internet has been getting worse over the last 15 years, 16 years, if we want to say like 2007 is in Web 2, YouTube, Twitter, etc. really got started. Over the last 15 years, the internet has gotten worse as these monolithic platforms have chased profit. Mm-hmm. Objectively, it's gotten worse. And what I want is for them to die like a legacy media information institutions before them died and for new people to come up who aren't interested in generating a profit yeah because they're either 16 or 31 with no prospects like i want these people to make something new just like the new thing got made before yeah, like that that's what I want. I want new ideas for the sake of novelty and not profit, which is what all of these things were when they came out. Remember the state of video streaming in the web browser when YouTube happened? 
awful. Are you going to go to fucking daily motion? I don't <laughs> fucking think so. Yeah, you could only get on Vimeo if you were like a band or something. So it just go go back to that. Go back to the people who didn't want to turn a profit and wanted to be crazy and give us that. Reddit and Twitter are done. Yeah, absolutely. Facebook is especially done. Facebook was done like two, three years ago. Yeah. I mean, I'm only on Facebook today. I still only have a... The only reason I have a profile on Facebook is so on my wife's Facebook, it says she's married to in my name. (laughs) The only reason that I go on Facebook ever is because uh, since the comedy scene in most cities is run by uh, busy high people in their forties. It's the only platform they know. So everything is posted on fucking Facebook. Oh gosh. But other than that, fuck Facebook. And I want to feel the same way about Twitter and Reddit. Yeah. And Instagram kill Instagram, kill that too. Well, Instagram's just Facebook with pictures. Instagram's okay. uh, But kill it, get rid of it. Yeah, I mean, the only reason we have a Twitter is to talk about our show and hopefully find new people to uh, find the show. Uh, speaking of which, at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. Of course. Um, but yeah, if I didn't have this podcast, I probably would not be on Twitter. Yeah, we need pioneering voices in indie media. That's it. Yeah. Um, honestly, there. A number of people have tried making like podcast centric social media sites. Um, I hate all of them. <laughs> I mean, I, I almost feel like podcasts are dead, to be honest with you. They probably are. But like, yeah, uh, I basically just want like a forum to go to when I'm playing a video game. Like uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Give me a Tears of the Kingdom centric like board where I can read and look at things other people have done. Um, same thing for like, if I watch a movie like Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, I don't need to look up anything. Um, but j- just for the sake of the, the this conversation, like I want a movie I, I enjoyed. I want to go read what other people thought about it. Like, I, give me I, that. I don't want to be ancient. And I come from a very specific cast of internet people, but give me something awful again. Give yeah. me where a really popular video game, video game or movie or TV show would be out. There's a mega thread for it. It's posts in sequential order. If it's a TV show, you're blessed because every time an episode comes out live, people are discussing it live in real time. It's exciting. It's vibrant. It's fun in a way that nothing on the internet is anymore. Yeah, no. And, and, you know, there's the uh, the gatekeeping, for lack of a better term. There, there's the entry fee that you need to pay uh, so that bots and advertisers and people just trying to push their products or whatever aren't allowed in. Yeah, I honestly, something awful's $10 minimum fee was kind of the best. But also, I don't want to charge for something because that, I don't know, charging money for anything that's just supposed to be an information interchange creates a barrier to certain voices being there. You know what I mean? True, true, true. From yes, from a standpoint of accessibility and classism, I get that for sure. Uh, That is the sort of things we want to avoid. 
but there's no good helped. solution. <laughs> there is no good solution. Well, Henry, I do have a good solution for you. Okay, I am listening. Um, this story comes to us. I know we said we need brave new voices in indie media. This story comes to us from the New York Times. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad we're really we're putting our necks out there. We're taking a risk. Let's support indie media. Now, I, uh, in the past and today, have a troubled history with the New York Times. Uh, the, <laughs> the failing New York Times, I suppose. Uh, I have issues with the New York Times. They have published like really heinous shit in the past. I would recommend this article for anyone to read. Uh, Google anything I'm about to say and then find out the New York Times, then copy the URL and put it into the Wayback Machine on archive.org so you can read it for free. Uh, the, the article, I think, is special and everyone needs to read it. I'm but listening. I'd, I'd like to give you a taste. The title of the article, They're Here to Save Indie Media. The byline, uh, or the subtitle, a new web publication from a founder of the print-only newspaper The Drunken Canal tries to make a splash in a space where giants have sputtered. Can it work? Pretty straightforward as of yet, right? Yes. I'm not going to read it all because it's a pretty long article. The Drunken Canal. There's a few sister articles to read along with it. But this is written by Kara Schachter, who I've never read anything from before, but from this article alone, I have to say is one of the greatest writers of our generation, because I dare you, I dare you to listen to this completely unhinged article for a few paragraphs without having a visceral reaction. I am prepared to listen. (laughs) It begins... Goots Guterman sat on an antique French farm bench in Pig Bar, a craft beer shop overlooking the seamy slice of lower Manhattan known as Dime Square. Reaching for a gherkin, her hand in a lacy fingerless glove, she paused to gesture toward the former site of the Drunken Canal newspaper box. Quote, if you know, you know, she said. It was a cool spring day, and Miss Guterman, 26, was here to talk about her latest editorial venture, Byline, a website that went live on Thursday. But first she had to address the end of her analog publication, The Drunken Canal, a print-only newspaper meant for people who have, quote, made out at clandestino, as Miss Guterman put it in her viral TikTok video referring to a bar at the center of the scene. Miss Guterman and a friend, Claire Bance, started the newspaper mid-lockdown. During its nearly two-year run, the unmarked box near Seward Park was frequently restocked to meet demand for what became a sort of downtown Vod Macum, cheeky and cryptic. It ran headlines like, basic things to try this fall based on your level of depression, and New York men will ghost you as chocolates. The writer Dean Kissick, a contributor to the Drunken Canal, summed up the ethos surrounding the publication in a 2020 tweet, quote, On 6th Street, around 11 last night, we passed a girl kneeling on her stoop, facing the railings, reading a copy of The Drunken Canal with no socks on. There were stickers. Don't read The Drunken Canal. Call your mom. Vogue called it Downtown New York's Paper of Record for Gossip. 
The Cut said it was an unfiltered antidote to the careful conservative vibe that had become prevalent on the two founders' social media feeds. Quote, not being online was important at that time, Miss Guterman said, contemplating a charcuterie board. <laughs> Quote, we wanted to make something you could touch at a time when you weren't supposed to touch anything. She paused for a prosciutto. The fact that it was offline was a product of its time, as opposed to, like, a philosophy thing. Are you loving it, Henry? I hate this. I just are, sounds... are you loving it? I, I... They were an offline version of the Reductress? Is that It, it? kind of seems like that's what it was. Gr- this, great. This cool. article is full great. of in- incredible quotes and turns of phrase, such as a sequel, but not necessarily part two. Um, it was great to be offline at that time. But now we're going back <laughs> online because we want to make money. <laughs> Uh, Miss Guterman described Byline at Pig Bar, a recently opened pub with studded leather floors, cured Stop meets, Amish butter, sabret hot dogs, something with quinoa called a dream bowl and miscellaneous essentials is like visine, eye drops. And ca- this why seems is this, like it's an ad sat- for Pig Bar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know that it seems like an ad for Pig Bar. I'm... I really want to believe, and I'm going to read the additional articles, this seems like satire. It has to be, right? Why do we keep describing fucking pig bar? That's nothing to do. <laughs> this is like reading George R. R. Martin's A Game of Thrones, where we have to hear about every fucking meal any of the characters eats. This is like, it's like George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones, but like, with drunken girl boss shit. <laughs> like oh all of it God. seems, all of it seems completely. Oh, oh, here we go. Perfect. George R. R. Martin over locally brewed raw honey ale. Miss Guterman and her <laughs> byline co-founder, Megan O'Sullivan 30 spoke of creating a universe of content. The new yeah. publication will be unbridled and niche. Miss Guterman said, giving the example of an article headlined, monogamy in this economy which proposes polyamory as a financial coping mechanism other potential rubrics include heel hunter an analysis of crowdsourced foot photos and hot girl lit a catalog of hot writers this is satire Uh, i like this quote quote the drunken canal was an amazing thing but byline is bigger she said the big sister no not the big sister an ant just totally <laughs> totally unnecessary i i <laughs> just wait miss guterman and mrs sullivan have assembled an advisory board that includes ben Dietz, a former longtime executive at vice media taj alavi uh... <laughs> the head of marketing at spotify and trevor mcfried McFedries, creator of the robot pop star Little Michaela. Oh my god, what the fuck? Madeline Montoya, an art director at Bloomberg Newsweek, is working as Byline's creative director. This is insane. Um, also, wait, Ben Dietz, yeah, a former longtime executive Vice Media. Yeah, because Vice Media just shut down, fired everyone. Yeah, it's it's so good. I I just it's easy to say it's a digital magazine, but this sounds silly. I almost don't want to call it anything, Miss Montoya said. Everything's on the table. Mr. Dietz talked about fungibility, noting that it won't be restricted to text. 
Think of it as a byline metaphorically, he said. I'm going crazy. This is the most New York thing we've ever covered on this podcast. This is this is head to toe. I live in New York and I wanted a little fun side project, probably independently wealthy, uh, probably went to fucking Harvard or some shit. This is a circle of people conning each other. Yeah, This this is just an Ouroboros, a human centipede of like a bottom feeding content people conning each other. Is it pronounced Ouroboros? Uh, I say Ouroboros. I always say Ouroboros. I don't know. Ask the snake. I can't. <laughs> can't talk. It's He's got his mouthful. Mouth. <laughs> uh, what's this say? It's harder than ever if you're a young writer today, said Taylor Lawrence, who covers online culture for the Washington Post and has signed on as an advisor for Byline. If you're starting out, who do you pitch for? There's no one left. I mean, that's true enough. That's very true. I can relate to that because as a young writer, I've kind of just given the fuck up. <laughs> I I gotta say, that is true. I don't I, I totally agree with a number of people here being like there need to be like mid-level media outlets for people to submit to, like legacy media outlets. New talent is not being introduced there. Like even McSweeney's is getting to the point where like no one gets accepted into McSweeney's unless your uncle was the right kind of cult member in college. I mean, there's, there's been a level of gatekeeping in sort of the art world for years where it's like, huh, wow, this, this new young person seems to be very popular and getting a lot of success. Oh, they're, they're, their mom and or dad is an executive in some company. Okay. I, uh, I do like this though. Uh, Chris Oka, a programmer was asked if it would be poor Chris Oka was asked if it would be possible to quote, make the hamburger something cuter than the hamburger hamburger being coder speak. Uh, come on, man. A coder speak for the navigation menu icon that is traditionally three stacked lines. Quote, can it be an actual hamburger? Miss Guterman asked. So good. (laughs) Oh, no, it continues. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, Quote, I like the idea of once in a while you go to a story and it's like leaning. Miss Montoya said, sharing her screen with a group to show a visual asset tipping over. Love, Miss O'Sullivan said. And you're like, why? Miss Montoya explained. I love that, Miss Guterman said. Mr. Oka suggested tilt optional settings for users to input desired degree of image crookedness. That's straight out of a satire. It's this is this this is That's, new media succession. Karish yeah. Actor is writing new media succession. I would watch this if there it listen, if if there was a if there was a book. If there was a movie or TV show with this level of self-awareness, I would watch it in a heartbeat. The problem is these people are real. They're real. They're not fake. They're real. I see picture a picture of them um, pouring beer into wine glasses and, and with hot dogs at their side at the pig bar. At the pig bar. 
Uh, sections needed streamlining. Should on the rise be part of culture? Libations gave Miss O'Sullivan pause. She said, if libations is in culture and a lot of libation content is New York based, then the question is, what is culture versus New York? Miss Guterman parsed it. Culture is when it's like absolute vodka dropped a new flavor, but New York is when it's like new hot dog dropped at Parcel. I love this. New York City has to be one of the most global cities, but also one of the most insular cities of all time. Like it creates its own breed of culture. This magazine could not exist in any other city because it's it's speaking a language that only New Yorkers can parse. But now that it's a global website, everyone's going to nod along as though they get the joke, but they they can't because they're not in New York where the new hot dog has dropped. I believe New York used to be a phenomenal cultural melting pot for the, the creation of American culture. I think it's a septic tank now. Yeah. Um, there's a really good popular sort of motif that is explored in a lot of... Uh, Miyazaki from From Software, his work. It's the idea that stagnancy breeds corruption and brings an end to systematic things. Yes. Uh, New York City has become a stagnant pool by which there's nothing flowing through it. Everything just gathers there, becomes corrupted, and a never-ending cycle of non-dyingness i uh, a friend moved to new york and then moved back and the way that uh, it was described to me is that people act like you need to be able to like make it in new york like financially and then if you can make it there you can make it anywhere yeah. but you really just need to know how to new york it and if you're not willing to new york it which is to say become extremely insular and clicky and impoverished then you're just new york's not for you i'm sorry i also had a uh a friend move to new york and then move back um but she also got hit by a car yeah okay so that might have had something to do with it that i mean no one drives in new york so sus to begin with uh she was in a, a hot- crosswalk i told her she should sue and she said it wasn't worth it and then i got really confused uh no it's absolutely worth it on a hot yeah. may afternoon the co-founders were talking corporate sponsorship over white wine diet coke and mixed nuts at the chelsea hotel oh they weren't at the pig bar i'm shocked for now, contributors to Byline will be unpaid, <laughs> but Miss Guterman and Miss O'Sullivan said they had been in talks with possible sponsors, including the furniture company Knoll, the astrology app CoStar, and the kink-friendly dating app Field. Wearing an emerald maxi dress and nude Gucci slides, Miss Guterman clapped her hands. Quote, we had a come-to-Jesus moment, she said. We get rid of banner ads. I don't want to go on this gorgeous website and see banner ads. Ew, Miss O'Sullivan, who was wearing a big blazer and wide-legged jeans. The Drunken Canal didn't make money. It did, however, get the nutrition shake company Soylent to pay for a trip to Art Basel in Miami. <laughs> what the f- 
Uh, it's kind of a muddled story, Miss Guterman said, of her fleeting relationship with the meal replacement company. Basically, Claire and I wanted to go to Basil, she continued, referring to Claire Bance, the paper's co-founder. I was like, let's pretend Tesla flew us out. Claire was like, no, 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 let's pretend Soylent flew us out. Soylent struck Miss Guterman as reachable. I was like, I feel like I could get to Soylent, she said. Four hours later, she recalled she was in a group chat with the company's founder. That's some privilege shit. Want this show so bad? I don't know. I, I can, I can continue to read the rest of the article verbatim because clearly it is exactly my shit. But please, if it's in your ability, look up Drunken Canal, New York Times, and once again copy the URL yeah. and put it into the Wayback Machine on Archive.org to read it for free. Also, yeah. I do that for literally any paywalled content on the internet. Yeah, I, especially I, Reddit. In the in the middle of this uh, this story that we're doing right now, I lost access to the article. So, oh no, because <laughs> I, I didn't because I didn't do what John said to do. I just went to the website and uh, yeah. Now now there's, there's a little banner at the bottom that says I got to give him a dollar. Listen, I think some things should be paywalled. I don't think the New York Times should be one of those things. I don't think uh, the press should be fucking paywalled, but what do I know? I'm just a person who believes that uh, words are the only thing stopping the fascist from winning. Quote, I said, I have an idea for you. Girl boss juice. Soylent caters to your insult man on the computer, but Claire and I are going to Art Basel. We're not going to have time to eat. We're going to be running around to all these art fairs. We'll shill Soylent as girl boss juice to a whole new audience that doesn't believe Soylent works, and you'll fly us out to Basel. They were like, we're in. This is, it's just, it's influencer marketing, but with extra steps. It's just, it's... (laughs) It's a room full of people all looking at each other through mirrors. It's amazing. There's nothing genuine happening here. It's just a bunch of people trying to take advantage of everyone else and probably making millions of dollars. Yeah, it's... They're, they're acting like they're doing something novel and new, but all it is is, like, the Reductress as a website which the reductress already is. It's, it's a parody news website, like Clickhole, the reductress, like hard drive, like these things already exist and they don't get New York times write-ups because there's so many of them. Uh, uh, like the onion, they're creating the onion, but for a younger audience, it, amazing I, I don't even i don't even think they're making the onion because to make the onion or to make reductress one has to have a the the genius i think of something like reductress is a very well-tuned sense of both inner responsibility and satire like reductress is an amazing publication because it, it's very funny because it knows its audience and knows how to make well-tuned satire. These people aren't making satire. They're not. Yeah, they're they're living their satire. They're just terminally online New York grifters who are making articles about being terminally online New York grifters. Yeah. And they used to sell it in a newspaper, and now they're putting it on a website with a, some kind of slanting hamburger. Yeah, and I'm sure, like, right now they're like, oh, yeah, let's get rid of banner ads. But as soon as somebody, you know, drags a chart out in front of them, 
That's like this is how much money you could be making with banner ads. They'll it'll be they'll have banner ads. Like that they strike me as the type of people who are like they're absolutely in it for the money. Oh, well the second they introduce banner ads, I'm taking my part of byline private. Good. No one's going to fly to Art Basel. I don't even know what that is. That again, it sounds like privileged stuff. It is. It very much is. I <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm exhausted yeah. hearing you read that. I, I'm just, I'm so tired that this is what art is now. I, it's, we could have had the option of like, I just want to do art. I don't want to do work. And this is what you have to do to do that. You have to become a, 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 like a, 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 a marketing corporate what am I trying to say? Like you have to be, you have to have a total knowledge of how to market a thing in order to do art. And that does not gel with me at all. Like this article is 100% an advertisement for the brand that they're making. They probably are not like this in real life, but they know if they put forth this certain sort of, uh, attitude that it's going to gel with people and that's going to mean more people behind them and if they have more people behind them they can go to more sponsors and get better deals like it's perverse i mean honestly if if you're if you doubt the future of art based on this article i'd like to take you back from that uh, the untapped market of the clandestine and cognoscenti watched on Instagram as the women chased shots with Soylent at Miami's hottest parties. Miss Guterman recalled a DM from a friend who said he had started dreaming about Soylent. Synergy, Miss Guterman said, is key. The future of advertising is letting creatives be creative. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure. Just let creatives be creative and also trick trick people into flying you to art basil. Like I, I agree with that, but at the same time, I don't think they believe it because they're doing all of these things where they're, they're talking to a spawn, like creatives being creative means not being in a meeting with the founder of Soylent. Yeah, no, it's uh, letting creatives be creative is absolutely not what they're doing. They're letting creatives, they're letting con men be creative. Yeah. I, I, and that's not to say that what they're doing is bad. It's just, I feel like they're saying one thing and doing the complete opposite. Like Absolutely. They're, they're all about creation, but at the same time, they're all about creating an infrastructure to funnel art so that it makes money, which is not creative as being creative. No, absolutely not. However, because of this article, Zero Credits is moving in a very different direction. Uh, good. I'm glad to hear it. What direction is it? Are you going to get on the phone with Soylent? Uh, we're going to start pretending that we live in New York. Okay, good. Okay, I'll start. D- did you try the new Aperol Martini at Spagaglio? Oh, Spagaglio, where they give you a hot dog and like a paper tray? <laughs> oh, no, you're thinking of Dame. Dame is the place with the hot dog and the paper trays and the delicious furikake. I'm talking about Spagaglio, where you get pet nat natural wines carbonated off the dome sprayed directly into your face. Oh wow, that you know that sounds really cool. But I did hear about a, a new um, spritzer that dropped at uh, Longview. 
Oh, is that the place with the COVID patio with the floral wall made of prosciutto? They they pipe in COVID. Yeah, they pipe in COVID to the patio prosciutto wall. Yeah, and uh, you, it's like if you go there and you don't get COVID, <laughs> did you even go? Yeah, I mean, if you if you didn't get COVID, are you even alive? That's these are great questions, and I, I you know. I just can't wait for um, slime to come out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I've also been waiting for the slime to come out of my body. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I hear what you're saying. No, there's a new rag called slime that has all the grossest facts about the city. Yeah, I'm tired of wiping my bodily slime with that rag. <laughs> <laughs> so I want it out of my body. No, no, no. The guy from Krush is behind it. Oh, the guy from Krush? Yeah, he's behind Slime. He, he partnered with five of the people who were fired from Vice Media unexpectedly before. You, you remember Vice Media? I don't either. But yeah, they're doing Slime now. Oh, Krush, that one that had the nudes of Muammar Gaddafi. Yeah. That man. <laughs> One more <laughs> so, no, it's it's a man. Leader okay. of Libya? Ex-leader of Libya killed. Oh, Libya? Is that is that around like 45th Street? <laughs> oh no, you're thinking of Liberia. Libya is on 17th and 5th. <laughs> ah, yeah, that new club where you have to have your passport to go in. Yeah, you have to have your passport to go in. I got a BBL with Chef Foyardee. <laughs> Yeah, I, I cut up my uh, my driver's license because I'll never drive again. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'm never going to drive again. I'm so excited to spend the rest of my life in my damp apartment full of black mold. Yeah, uh, that I pay $7,000 a week for. Yeah, I pay $7,000 a week. It's two square feet and it's inside another person. Yeah, and his name is Dan and he is white. Yeah, no, we li- listen, we're we're in agreement. We both live inside White Dan yeah. for twenty-eight thousand dollars a month. Yeah, and it's it's a it's um what's the uh square footage of a human male? <laughs> <laughs> I mean I guess it depends on the human male. <laughs> I guess it does. Um Dan's pretty small though. He's a he's he's a it's a compact unit. Oh my god. Oh, I had a friend who moved here like 18 months before COVID and she got into this incredible big guy. Oh wow. Like Yeah, rent controlled. Rent controlled big guy? Yeah, he's a walk up though, you know, no elevator, but you no, take what yeah. you can get, you know, as yeah, long as yeah. you're not, you know, as long as you don't move in with like a big heavy couch or something. That big guy is a hell of a deal. That's cool. Is it a um a brookstone, a, brook. a brownstone, brownstone. <laughs> no, he's bro- right. Oh, uh, a whitestone. Yeah, it's, it's a white. No, it's a white guy. It's a white guy. A walk a big, up, walk big, up, big white walk guy. up white guy. Rent control, though, that's crazy. Yeah, rent that's control crazy. is rent control is huge, and it's only eighteen hours from the city center. I hear he moves too. Like you got to track him down. Yeah, you know, depending on where he is at the end of the day, yeah. he works a lot of different jobs. And, you know, it's it's rent controlled. So people are like, 
people knock on your door sometime and be like, Hey, do you know any like old people who live in the building? Like they're trying to get in yeah, people so yeah. they can get in, but it, it's a pretty happening crowd. But think about like with the money that they're saving, they can probably launch three to five websites aimed at becoming the newest center for letting creatives be creative. Y- yeah, no. And honestly, my, uh, my roommate, I have 17 roommates. Uh, one of them is the creative director of a missile made by Raytheon. Oh, wow. Raytheon. That's a good get. Yeah, it's a really good gig. They have great parties at the rooftop bar at Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. And they would pick Iron Man. Uh, yeah, that's where all the defense contractor types hang out. Yeah, it's it's a little on the nose. I would have gone to Lord of War. Yeah, but then you run the risk of running into Nicolas Cage on an off night. Yeah, and I've run into Nicolas Cage 176 times this year so far. Yeah, I know. I read your article in Slime Crush. Yeah, no. Oh, thank you. Yeah, did you get... They pay. I know they pay. Did you get the 25 cents they offer? Yeah, no. Uh, at first I thought it was 25 cents per word, but it's actually 25 cents per contract. Yeah, you know, it's, it's they kind of get you like that because they they say they want to let creatives be creative, but then they turn around and they don't pay the creatives. Yeah, there was um, there was a uh, there was something in my contract about how I have to send them natural wine every month and prosciutto, prosciutto, and I think on that note, <laughs> now think- that we are so New York. We're the most New York that's ever New York. It's the greatest city in the world. It's the greatest city in the world. That, oh, what? That's not real. And if you live in New Jersey, you're fucking dead. Oh, yeah. Oh, got Jersey? Oh, my God. Oh, how could, you, might, you, how could you dare live in a place that's oh. roughly an hour away and a quarter is expensive? No, uh, Jersey, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jersey, <laughs> Jersey. How could how could you afford a house when you could rather have an apartment that's eighty percent liquor cabinet? I don't know. I don't know, man. Anyway, with all of that said, I think. Oh no, I'm starting to wind up for the throw, but I'm the one who has to read. I I think maybe it's time to wrap up this episode. Subscribe to us on Slime. And uh, John, why don't you tell them where else they can find us? That's right. You can find us on, uh, again, we called for the death of legacy media and information interchanges, but we have to eat crow, num, 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 delicious little bird, uh, to to tell you that we are on, shut up bird, to tell you that we are on Twitter at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. And I believe my friend New York Henry knows what that stands for. Uh, yeah, it looks like there aren't any great, great matches for your search. Try using words that might appear on the page you're looking for. For example, cake recipes instead of how to make a cake. Wow, what am I in a goddamn cab? If you want to send us an email, that's right, Web One Media, baby. Signature lines, pictures of 
strangers taken from afar, you can send those to us on our email address, which is zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. We will fix the email address. <laughs> Get off our fucking backs. If you're listening to this podcast, you likely found it on a podcast hosting service. In addition to the one you found it on, we're on almost all other ones that aren't uh, crazy and want to take our intellectual property. That's right. We are on Good Pods, Podchaser, uh, Apple Music. I mean, Apple Podcasts. We do not make music. Oh, now we make music. So we're on both Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, so if you have friends who refuse to use your podcast thing of choice, tell them they can find it on theirs. Man. However, while you're telling them that, you might as well tell them about this hot new zine you've discovered called Zero Credits. They really take it to legacy media, and they alone are saving indie media. That's right. We're byline. We're, uh, we're the pork pig, whatever it was called, where whatever the fuck I was talking about for 40 minutes. And you have to let people know because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So tell your friends if they're fine and if they read byline. And from everyone here in the New York City Slime Krush Vox Media Studios, we want to wish you a, hey, I'm walking here, happy week. And we do regret to inform you that Ted Kaczynski, Cormac McCarthy, and Silvio Berlusconi have all died. Uh, rest in peace to those three dynamite sex pots. Goodbye. Goodbye. Rest in peace, Silvio Berlusconi, founder of the Bunga Bunga Sex Party. Rest in peace, Ted Kaczynski, founder of the Bunga Bunga Sex Party. And rest in peace, Cormac McCarthy, founder of the Bunga Bunga Bloody Meridian. Blood what's Meridian, a, fuck! What's a sex pot? Sex pot? Sexy. They're sexy. They're full of sex. A it's pot? In the name. It's a pot full of sex. And it's they a are pot. It. Yeah. I don't know anyone who uses the word pot to mean a vessel that can contain things. What the fuck? It means a leaf that you smoke and you get real silly. Oh, you mean a vase. <laughs>